0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Brandon Hunt, um, Art Rooney II, and the rest of Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond, a roster that's going to compete for the seventh Lombardi trophy. Uh, And so, look... As we as we said going into the draft process, as we said coming out of the draft process, Stills Warroom is going to really focus in on a number of rookies. Um, as we go forward and, and that's going to start with the second round draft pick this week then we'll go to, through to seven then back to one with Kenny Pickett we might look at some UDFAs we're going to definitely look at some of the other AFC North rookies who we might be coming up against this season um, and then we pretty much should be ready to go into the season as well obviously there's free free agent acquisitions the Steelers may not make between now and the start of the season, this show isn't just draft picks, this show is about team building you know how the front Office really looks to put together that winning roster as i always like to say and so you know things might happen along the way but definitely for the next seven weeks we are looking at the draft picks and so this week's episode is that second draft pick it is george pickens um, and i think he's someone that's getting a lot of hype for a particular meme um, you know, even myself, I was looking at designing a fun little shirt. Um, you know, to be able to wear that's you know got uh, that George Pickens classic stance or stance that we see him now. Um, you know, I think we've I've seen photos in the 24 hours to this show going to air of him with Steely McBeam with a um a bit of a five o'clock shadow kind of thing on the on the face of Steely McBeam. So I don't know, I was, Steely McBeam's pretty polarizing for Steelers fans. Some people hate him, some people like him. I don't mind him. Um, But I love George Pickens getting in the action (laughs) from that. You can only imagine what uh, touchdown celebrations might might occur on game day. Um, You know, should George Pickens score a TD? But you're going to have heard a lot of things about Pickens and the Steelers. You're going to have probably hopefully read some things about George Pickens and the Steelers. And we're going to reference an article that KT Smith, the coach, our resident coach um, and and film room analyst here at Behind the Steel Curtain along with Jeffrey Benedict, you know, he wrote a really good article on May 3rd. So if you haven't seen that, um, and it talks about the Steelers having a star um, in wide receiver um, George Pickens, you really need to go back and have a a read of that. Um, And I'm not just going to sit here and reread it for you. Um, There are some really cool things that I think, um, you know, that we can pull out of KT Smith's article. And KT and I were talking about it in the BTS Zoom when George Pickens was picked. And so there's some stats um, that I pulled out as well um, for KT that I'm going to run you some of those through too. Um, so there's some stuff that didn't make the article there um, and then some stuff that's pretty interesting. So let's get let's get first to the character of George Pickens. Um, you know, as I said, you've seen a guy that's pretty happy to get out there on social media. You sure saw what... And I say respectfully, a very odd draft reaction. Um, You see a guy that, you know, Jeff Hartman talked about him on one of the shows where, you know, even in high school, he was giving it to parents on the sideline. You've seen him shove Daxton Hill over twice and then shush the crowd against Michigan. You know, you're either going to hate it or you'll like it. I kind of think back and, you know, especially even after all the AB stuff, if you think about, you know, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster. People didn't really like all the social media antics. This isn't quite that. And I think this make, kind of makes it a little bit more tolerable if you're a fan, even if traditionally you weren't really a fan of this stuff. Secondly, you know, I think he's a bit, a little bit more old school, to be honest. He's got that edge to him, um, that will to compete. You know, there's some stories that I hear of what Heinz Ward did to people at training, um he seems like an older guy in that regard and a bit more grunt. You know, you, you guys call it nastiness in the States. We call it a bit of mongrel um, down here, a bit of mongrel um, is how you kind of say it. And, you know, fighting is called, you know, in some of our rugby sports it's called the biff. Um, and so there's this classic saying about bringing back the biff and, and, you know, it's bringing back that old school style football where you smack people in the mouth. Um, George, Pickens, George Pickens brings back a bit of biff to the Steelers. Um, so that's one you can throw around with your with your <laughs> your co-workers or your your friends down at the pub or your fellow Steelers fans wherever you're listening. Um, I'd love to hear Yinzers have a go at saying bringing back the Biff. Um, it does sound a bit Yinzery when you really when I've def- you know explained it and defined it like that. But look, George Pickens is a guy top you know top college in Georgia. Obviously pushed Alabama all the way. Didn't necessarily have the best quarterback. Um, you know, during his time there um, in Georgia, you know, interesting college stats, you know, 90 receptions for 1,347 yards, 15 yard average, 14 TDs. His most productive years were in 2019 and 2020. Um, And in 2019, you know, he had 727 yards of 49 receptions, 14.8 average, eight TDs um, there then in his, um, that was his freshman year, sophomore year, 2020, eight games he played, 36 receptions, 513 yards, 14.3, um, their average six TDs. And then we know he had the injury starting last season, and so he played in four games, five reception, receptions, 170 yards Uh, 21.4 touch um, average uh, per yards per reception um, and then zero TDs. And that gave him his 90 college receptions for 1,347 yards, average of 15, as I said, and 14 TDs. So you guys sit there and you're like, okay, well, that's great stats, but what does that sort of mean? Well, interestingly, I had a look at another player of similar size, similar weight, and similar speed who did a lot with, um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger in Martavius Bryant. Matavius Bryant for Clemson, he played three years in college as well. He had 61 receptions, not 90, for 1,354 yards. So his average was 22.2. And he had 13 TDs. Uh, He had two as a freshman, four as a sophomore, seven as as in his junior year. Um, He went from nine receptions in his freshman year to 10 receptions the following year, then 42 receptions. And he went 221 yards, 305 yards, and 828. So Pickens is technically a more proven performer um, than what you had in Martavius Bryant. However, uh, you know, Martavius Bryant had some more standout years. But I'm just going to share that because I know that, you know, George Pickens is probably going to be a bit more versatile than Sewell's offense. But if you're looking at what he could be, maybe it's maybe Martavius Bryant gives you a bit of an insight to it. Second, the, th- the other thing about that sort of situation is we all sit there and go, Martavius Bryant would have been great if he could have sorted out the stuff off the field. Now, no one's suggesting here that George Pickens has done anything wrong off the field or anything like it, but it is important to sort of think about that. About, the, about some of the attitude situations that, you know, apparently some GMs had um, with George Pickens. And it's that classic case of can he, can he keep it together? Can he keep it together? And that's what I think is going to be pretty interesting as we look forward in George Pickens' career, um, you know, as he progresses as a professional. The other thing that I thought was pretty interesting as well when I uh, was looking at some stats um, for George Pickens was really around what he'd done in various different games, uh, and and I thought this was interesting when you actually split it out over the course of his career and and what it looks like across the different years that he played because it gives you a sense of how did he perform because as I just said there it's quite interesting when you look at, when you look at George Pickens that he didn't necessarily have you know as many yards as Montavis Bryant had in his best year he didn't necessarily have you know the the average um, from that perspective, but he still had a really productive year, and obviously he was challenged um, by the injury as well. And so that sort of you got to temper the expectation a little bit based on that performance. And so if you look at his um, freshman year, his best game came against Baylor um, toward the end of the season, where he had 175 yards, one TD, average of 14.6. You know, he had a one game with only four yards against Florida, uh, <laughs> which is quite, quite, quite a small number there. When you can about it with the guy George Pickens, but otherwise, he you know was getting in the eighties, the seventies, the nineties, thirties, the twenties. Uh, against Texas A&M, he had two receptions for 28 and a half yards each for 57 yards. Um, Arkansas State, he had a big game. South Carolina he had a big game, which was a loss. And then the other thing that I, I thought that was interesting that showed from his first year through to his final year, in a game where George Pickens scores a touchdown, they only lost one of those college games. Um, so that's pretty interesting as well. He's a definitely a difference maker for you. Then if you look at his second season in 2020 when he was used a bit more, um, that was his better year um in college as well. Well, it was his better year from a um you know, for receptions per game, but everything else and yards per game and, and actually output per game. Uh, but it wasn't necessarily his best overall statistical year. But he, don't, he did really well against Missouri, really well against Cincinnati there, breaking 100 yards. Um, Alabama, he was kept to just 53 yards, um, no touchdowns. Albany had a touchdown, Arkansas had a touchdown. Um, so that was interesting. In again, in the games against Alabama in 2021, they were his best performances where he got, you know, two receptions for 41 yards in the first game, which was a loss. Um, and then in the college football playoff, he had one reception for 52 yards. Um, he only had one reception for less than 10 yards in the other two games he played in in 2021. So that's a little bit difficult to understand, you know, to sort of do too much of a wedge there. It is kind of interesting that you see him with only three games in his college career above hundred yards, but in those games he had a hover above 125 um, yards, which is pretty cool in all those games that he broke hundred. And then he had sort of four games uh, that he was above sort of 75 yards as well. So, that sort of gives you an indication that he's definitely can put it on the field. But when you look at it, the averages are really high. Like in those games, when he's doing, you know, even when he had 175 yards against Baylor, his average was 14.6. When he had 135 yards against Cincinnati, his average was 19.3. You know, he had that 52 yard pass, obviously in the college football playoff, but in the the earlier in the college football playoff schedules, um, he and the college football playoff, if you like, um, rather than the, the, than the final game um he had two receptions for 20 and a half yard average right so you're seeing some really interesting things there when he had the 98 yard game in his freshman year against South Carolina, he had, you know, seven receptions for 98 yards, average of 14 in his Arkansas state game in his freshman year, five receptions, 84 yards for an average of 16.8. So you get the point. The point is, is that the guy scores long range touchdowns um, and, well, not just long range touchdowns, but he's got long range receptions as well. So that's quite interesting. When you look at George Pickens as a draft prospect, um, you know, I had a little bit of a look at Pro Football Networks' their draft guide. One of the one of the I should have bought it earlier in the process, but I did bring that by their draft guide. Um, you know, fairly recently. You know, he was eighty nine, eighty ninth on their consensus ranking board. You know, he was seventy six on Tony Pauline. So we know Tony Pauline, who, who was with Jeff Hartman right before the draft. He was the sixteenth wide receiver listed. Um, they really focused in on their overall profile of him as being, you know, the miraculous recovery um, that he had to support Bulldogs title winning team in 2021, even though he only had five receptions for 170 yards, they focus a lot on what he can do as a pass catcher in that profile at six foot three and 200 pounds, um, which gives him an ideal frame. You know, a lot of people talk about, you know, he probably considering he did run a four, four, seven, you know, maybe you try and add 10 pounds to his weight. Um, hopefully that only affects him by, you know, half a tenth of a second. So maybe that makes him a 4-5-2 runner for the 40. Um, definitely his intense physicality showed up in their profile for him as well. Um, he's in outstanding catch catching ability, physicality um, at the catch point as well. Um, solid athleticism as a route runner. They pulled out all of those things, um, you know, they also put out the negatives that we talked about to start the show. You know, apparently, you know, according to them, he's, can ha- he's guilty of dubious decision-making. Um, he's been branded as selfish and undisciplined by by a head coach. Um, you know, and then it's also the question mark is, has he fully, is he fully able to return from an ACL? And we know what's happening with Devin Bush. We know how harder that, you know, that is, you know, it's, it's not easy that first year after that happens. So they were really, you know, tempering expectations there um you know broad jump of 10 and a half so definitely he he, he can certainly you know he's got a broad catch radius vertical leap of 33 um you know ras score of athleticism of or relative athleticism score i think they call it um 8.41 hand size eight and three quarter inches so his hands are a quarter inch bigger than kenny pickett's just remember that a quarter inch bigger um, so he can, if Kenny Pickett can handle, can handle the football, so can George Pickens. Um, arm length thirty two and three eight inches, wingspan seventy seven and three eight inches. Um, they have him in the forty yard. Uh, yeah, there are four four. I think he ran that at the pro day, um, which is when we know that the Steelers were fawning over um, George Pickens as a, you know a, at that event. Now, to close out part one of the show, I'm actually going to give an update in case anyone missed it. George Pickens um, had his number signed this week, and that's number 14. Uh, off the top of my head, I think one, Swede might have been 14. Um, that was early in my sort of Steelers, um, you know, supporting days um, as well. But I think... Lima Swede was a, was number 14. But look, if you're planning on ordering a jersey, that's what it is. People debated whether he'd get a number one or not. Um, he didn't. Yeah, Lima Swede was definitely 14. Um, so he didn't get the he didn't get the number one, but you know, 14 is a cool number. I kind of like it. Um, I often assign numbers of 14 to, to wide receivers in Madden. 14 is like a wink, what we call a winger in wing rugby. Um, they play a single position what the wide receiver really does. They catch the ball they're, they're, their objective is to score. Um, their objective is to really be athletic, um, stretch the field, um, you know, make the defense question um, and make the defense have to adapt. Uh, you know, and they're the, they're the fast guys. So, you know, 14 fits for me. I really like it. It's a bit classic. Um, in, in from from my perspective there, but look, join me for part two. We're going to delve more into George Pickens. We're going to delve into what he could be for the Steelers. Go a bit more behind the numbers. Go behind some numbers you might not have heard before. Um, you know, beyond just the just the stats. I know it's a lot on one player, but George Pickens is going to be a headline name for the Steelers, <laughs> whether it's a good thing or a bad thing this coming season. But stay tuned for part two for more on George Pickens. we're back on Steelers War Room. I'm your host this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put me in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Brandon Hunt, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond, a roster that will compete for a seventh Lombardi trophy. Now look, you know, soon I might be saying a new name, you know, Kevin Colbert technically is retired. They're interviewing names as a new name seemingly every day. Um, and that's where we're sort of, The question marks, maybe that's going to end up having to be a bit of a show for us um, once that name gets decided. In fact, it kind of will, um, but I don't really want to interrupt our draft, um, draftees and and our preview there. Now, the interesting thing as well, I I did a bit of a comparison for you guys earlier on in George Pickens. Um, I was looking back at tall wide receivers for the Steelers, you know, and there's different guys you can drag up, but I was looking at guys that made a real difference. Um, you know, and I think it's hard with Montavius Bryant because you're kind of starting to sit there and you're like, well, it's it's kind of a what could he have been? What could he have been? Um, but I also, you know, I wasn't around. I've had to watch old games and watch him play. I tried to look up his stats. I can't find them anywhere. If anyone can find. Um, John Stalworth stats from from Alabama A&M. Can you send them to me? I'd just love to know what they were. I I, honestly, I spent a good half an hour plus trying to find these and I'm pretty good at finding things on the internet. I've always got to find data in my day job. Um, But I thought about it and I looked at some of the catches and I know, you know, I know Stalworth got up, went up and got the ball, you know, but I thought, I just... I started watching a couple of highlights of Storworth and Lynn Swan. And I'm not saying, you know, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens are going to be the second coming of Lynn Swan and John Storth, but you kind of sat there and, you know, you thought maybe if they can be half, if half that tandem over the next, and I know like, you know, it depends on re signing, um, you know, Deoree signed Deontay Johnson, maybe even a Calvin Austin. And I know they have played different in those X, you know, we've got to think with an A and um, you know, a Y, all that sort of stuff. But you just, wait, I just had this image in my head when I saw it of two guys, the little guy and the big guy scoring a heap of touchdowns. <laughs> and that's, that's just what I had. Um, and then you think of a pick like Terry Bradshaw and you think of a pick like Kenny Pickett you know, and we'll, we'll definitely talk about Kenny Pickett. That show's coming in, you know, six, seven weeks' time. But you think about, like, you know, there's the people that love him, the first-round draft pick, you know, there's people that hate him. He's a gunslinger, you know, comes with this college, you know, p- performance and pedigree. I don't know. I don't know. All I'm saying is, if only, let's hope, let's hope with George Pickens. So I mentioned KT Smith's really great article on com. your one-stop show for all things pittsburgh steelers he pointed out a couple of things that i've been seeing on some tape that i was watching earlier this evening i've been watching tape for a couple of days on pickens um but he pointed out a couple of things and that was over the shoulder catches now this is something that i saw on tape as well george pickens can make some awesome over the shoulder -shoulder catches um the other thing that kt smith snow kt smith noted was his quick feet and in fact If you go back and look at 2019 when they played LSU, George Pickens actually made Derek Stingley look like a fool several times. Now, KT Smith pulls it out partly in his article, um, you know, where he basically does a great inside move followed by an outside burst. But actually in that game as well, there was a touchdown that Pickens scored off a slant um, that I, that I was watching on YouTube where basically he stepped one way like a fake and then basically went the other way. And he completely fooled, completely fooled, um, you know, Derek Stingley Jr. there. And Derek Stingley Jr. For some people was their number one cornerback on the, on the board, you know, and that was 2019. That was his year that he was meant to do really well. So when I think about that, that's pretty cool. Um but the quick feet's got to be hand, got to be harnessed. And it was one thing, when, when we drafted him, KT Smith even asked me, he said, Maddie, what's your thoughts on him? What does he have to do? And I said, to, for me, like, I think he's got all the physicality traits. Um, you know, for me, it's route running. Now, he's not a bad route runner by any stretch of the imagination. But KT Smith noted that press coverage is going to be an area of expansion in his game. I completely agree. I also think overall route running. But I also have confidence in the Steelers with that. Like, I know Juju came in being a good route runner, but look at the way Juju ran routes, um, you know, throughout his career so far in the NFL. But you look at what he did even in his rookie season. You look at what we've been able to do with John Johnson. If you can run routes pretty well, I feel like the Steelers can develop you even further. And so I still think he needs to improve as a route runner. Um, You know, KT Smith labeled him as probably the X receiver um, but but Tomlin has said he'll play him in the slot. Now that's interesting. Um, this means that Claypool and you KJ know, Smith made the you know assertion there that and the right. I'm sure it's the right assertion. Um, that Claypool's probably going to end up being the Z receiver, and I think that kind of you know sort of aligns with where you'd fit Pickens in, factoring Austin to the slot, Deontay, you know, in different parts of the field as well. Um, and so for Pickens, I think that makes sense with the X receiver. But I do think if he's going to play any slot, and I think even to be a bit more successful at the X receiver, he is. I think um, you know really going to. I still think that route running is going to need a bit of work. That that's just something that you know sat for sat there for me. Um, KT obviously in that article as well highlighted <laughs> temperament. Um, blocking is an interesting one. Um, this is where like KT Smith noted like you know the the weakness if. You know, he doesn't block properly. I see him as being an asset. I think he can harness this. Look at what Juju did to Perfect. I can't wait to see Pickens block. I mean, he can you know, I was thinking about it actually today. Um, finally, someone's uploaded all the, the draft guys um, into Madden. If you download a custom roster, and I was, was putting out, putting it together after work, you know, a new team. I was, I was sort of doing my cuts after the three preseason games. And I was sitting there because um, uh, you got to replay the game schedule unless you simulate it for the, for the 20, 20, 2021 season. And it was the game against the Bills, and I was thinking about my team lineup and what plays I was going to run and all the rest of it because I've got to factor in all the new players, right? So I wouldn't just run what I would have run last year. You've got to factor in the Bills. I've got like Von Miller. The Bills have made you know, other you know, key acquisitions. But I just thought to myself, Najee. I kept sitting there thinking, how am I going to use Najee? Because I've obviously got all the players like Freeman and Najee there that have their rookie ratings. That, you know They're not just their rookie ratings. They're beyond that because they technically had one season within the game to develop because it's built off the end-of-season roster and then they manipulate it and add the draft picks in. And I thought, how am I going to use Najee? And I thought, this is going to be such a dynamic offense. When you think about a Pickens, a Najee Harris, a Deontay Johnson, a Claypool, if you can turn it on together, a Freemuth, a Haywood, a Pickett. Like, we all keep talking about this and we talk about the Matt kind of offense, but it, an Austin the Austin third, this is going to be a really dynamic offense. But you think about a linchpin in Pickens and Harris, regardless of whether it's Pickett or Trubisky or even, got, you know, I was going to say God forbid, but even think about Rudolph, even if it's a, a, you know an Arch Manning in three or four years' time. These guys are the nucleus of a really strong offense, a really strong offense, Um, and so that's pretty cool, I think. Uh, But going back to it, so you know, that's what KT Smith outlined there. I think as well, you know, the speed that he's got is going to make him really helpful in the middle, and that's going to help and and on underneath routes, and that's going to and that's something that they noted in um, Pro Football Networks profile as well. And when you look at Kenny Pickett it was it's interesting because you know and I credit for for Jeremy Betts for this I kept saying that one of my issues with Millie Willis was throwing over the middle and I kept quoting Kenny Pickett. And I talked about it on this show um, back in early in the season when I was comparing Kenny Pickett and Sam Hartman, Um, Sam Hartman's the quarterback for Wake Forest. You can watch him this year. He returned um, under the senior eligibility rules. I think it was under the senior eligibility rules that he was allowed back. Um, But Kenny Pickett had the 59 attempts, second most in college football in the middle of the field above over 15 yards 41 completions from those 59 attempts for 69.5%, that was so 41 completions is the most in college football in 2021, 69.5% is the best percentage completion percentage in college football for those middle of over the field throws at 15 yards. 1251 yards those 41 completions went for most in college football for 15 TDs most in college football and 21.2 yards per attempt which is the second best in college football for middle of the field throws over 15 yards. We all joke about Pickens to picket. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. I got you. I even got myself. We all joke about pickets to picket to pickens. I mean, he called him Kevin, Kenny Pickets anyway. So there you go. Um, guys, it's on. It's on. If Matt Canada can scheme this, if the O line can hold up, this stuff's on. Um, and isn't it exciting? So the next thing I wanted to do was talk through some PFF grades. So I obviously, I'm like many, probably BTSC listeners and other NFL fans. I do question PFF, but the good thing about PFF I use them for is more college stuff. I do use them for their premium grades because you just don't get grading and stats like it, particularly across every college. Like for instance, if you want to go find Malik Willis, you know, those stats are harder in pro football references, college football reference. There's a lot less of them than what there are for premium stats, stats for college football make sense with fantasy and just the interest in the game so interestingly this season the stats sort of obviously marry up with some of the grades um, but his offensive grade his best grade this way this year um was in sorry his best grade in 2020 which was his you know, probably the more formative year to look at with better quarterback play was an 80 and a half against Missouri. That was a season high. His season low was against Auburn. Um, his highest receiving grade was in that Missouri game. His lowest receiving grade was in um, against Tennessee. Um, so that's kind of interesting from there. Um, his offensive grade in 2019 was 85 and a half. His offensive grade overall in 2020 was 70.7. In 2021, it was 73.5. His receiving grade was 88 in 2019, then 71.9 in 2020 and 72.9 in 2021. Um, His drop grade was 76.3 in 2021 and 2020. It was 92.1 in 2019. Um, So interesting there from just overall his stats in 2020 specifically. Um, from, From that as well, uh, I was just going to pull up the other one, receiving depths. So this is kind of interesting in twenty twenty. And KT Smith wanted me to pull these up, and I thought I'd pull them up um, again for you guys because it relates back to what I was just saying there around Kenny Pickett and throwing to the middle of the field. Because if you throw to the middle of the field, you want to know. Well, hey, I've just said that Kenny Pickett. I'm oh, sorry, I've just said George Pickens can do it because he's the next receiver. You know, highlighted there on draft. You know. Per, um, pro football network um, that, you know, he can go up there and get the football in the middle of the field, but it's also a bit like, okay, cool. But can he like, where, how did this actually go for him? Um, And so that's why I think it's pretty cool um, to actually have a look at how he went for depth of target, because that's going to give you a really good understanding of, you know, how he actually performs. How does he go with those things? Um, And so, Basically, if we look at how George Pickens went in 2020 specifically, uh, rather than, you know, the other across his college career, because of just the way it um, pulls it up there as well. Uh, If we look at 2020, deep pass, his grade, so 20 plus yards, his grade was 92.3, which is pretty cool receiving grade. His medium grade for a between 10 and 19 yards depth between 10-19 yards depth was 97.7. Short was 75.6, and behind the line of scrimmage was 60.7. You're not going to see a guy like George Pickens line up behind the line of scrimmage unless he's running a sweep. I just can't see – I just don't see that happening in the NFL, particularly not with the players that the Steelers are going to have mixed into the offense. Now, if you look at deep left, 89-grade um, receiving grade. If you look at deep center, he had an 89.1 receiving grade. Deep right, is 75.6. Then you move into that middle of the field that I was talking about. Immediate, intermediate left, 94.0. Intermediate center of the field, 89.4. Immediate, intermediate right side of the field. um, So this is 10 to 19 yards, 93.7 there. Then if you go into short, it was 87.9. Short left, sorry for that. Short center, 70.4. Short right, 60.9. What you're seeing there is number one, he's actually really good on the left side of the field. His left side of the field, his worst grade is an 87.9. Um, he's got a high grade there of 94. Um, the right side of the field's not, not as good for him. But the center of the field is really strong. 93.7, 89 point is for intermediate. Um, sorry, 87.9 um there for for sorry. 89.4 from, yeah, intermediate center of the field and deep center of the field 89.1. So he make those balls. Now, if you look at, I've just given you a bunch of PFF grades. So you're a little bit like, so what, but to give you an idea, um, 37.7% of his targets were in the short um, were targeted at short depths in 2020, 34% were at 10 to 19 yards. That's medium or intermediate. Um, and 26.4% were the deep ones. That's, And now when you look at that, so 20 short targets, 18 medium targets, 14 deep targets. So, but the receptions that he made were 17 from 20 short, 13 from 18 medium, and he only made five from 14 in 2020 when he looked from the deep side. He had two touchdowns deep, three medium, one short. You know, you'd kind of expect that when you consider where they are in the field. Um, Average depth of target was 4.7 on short. 14.1 on medium. And we saw that that very reflects his, his average there um, in college of 15, but it was like 14, three and 14, eight in his, in 2019 and 2020. Um, And then it's 34.1 for those deep passes. So he's catching really deep passes. Again, these are stats that fit the idea of having an X receiver as well. When you look at the most amount of targets he's caught, it was intermediate, right? Now, that's where you saw him have 93.7. I said that he was a bit worse on the right side of the field. Um, the next, and that's where he caught seven for 12. Um, but he did not drop a pass intermediate in the center or the left side of the field. Likewise, he caught 40% of passes on the deep center or deep left. That's pretty good. When you're going deep, you know, you might be overthrowing. You know, you might have two or three guys on you at that point. That, that's not too bad. Um, short left. You know, again, I told you he's great on the left side of the field. He didn't drop a pass on the short left side of the field. Short center, eight, eight receptions from nine targets. Intermediate center, three receptions from three targets. Deep center, two from five. So you can see the left side and the center part of the field is really, really, you know, key for George Pickens. He just does really well there. Really, really well. And when you look at TDs, he only had one TD in 2020 from a short depth. Otherwise, Every intermediate depth and deep depth, um, so whether it's deep left, deep center, deep right, intermediate left, intermediate center, intermediate right, he got a touchdown, except for deep center, which is interesting because you're seeing him obviously run each way. So KT Smith's looking at formations, looking at his capabilities and saying he's an X receiver. The stats show up that he's a really good X receiver. That That's just what the, stat, the stats tell us that. Now, if you look at the depth in 2021, um, and so that's a little bit... That's going to be a little bit different, again, because remember, he only caught five receptions receptions for 170 yards. His highest grade was 95.1 deep, where he caught two from two um, for 89 yards. Um, and he obviously had no touchdowns, so we can't label that. Short, 70.1, where he caught two from four. And Medium, he didn't catch anything. But we're talking about five receptions. Like, technically, these are statistical anomalies, really. Um, but the two balls that he caught deep – One was on the left, and the other one was center. Which So that gives you, again, an idea of what he actually does when in depth of passing game. I also went back to 2019 and had a look at that. That, again, is interesting. That was his best year. That was when he had, like, I think he had 727 yards overall. There was eight TDs um, from him in in that year as well. Um, So that was his overall best year. I think he had a 14.3 average overall. Receiving grades, 93.5 short, where he caught 28 from 34 receptions. Medium, he had 97.2 as his receiving grade, where he caught 12 from 17. And then he caught nine deep passes from 26. Yeah. Now that's a third of those passes to give him a grade of 96.9. One touchdown short, three touchdowns medium, four touch, touchdowns deep. Average Um, yards per reception was 8.4 short 16.3 medium 32.9 deep deep sorry average depth of target short 5.1 so that's average depth from him um, to receiving the ball 14.5 medium 29.5 deep so he's gaining you know he's gaining at least three or four yards after the catch on the deep passes he's gaining a couple of yards on the medium passes and that's all averages again though Going back to what we talked about with 2020 and 2021, but particularly 2020, deep left, 94.3. Deep center, 91.8. These are his receiving grades. Deep right, 85.2. Intermediate left, 87.9. Intermediate center, 87.1. Interestingly, in intermediate right, he was a 96. So his intermediate was pretty cool there. Um, But whether he's running from right to left, um, is interesting, whether that's his natural inclination. Again, is that extra receiver stuff? You'd have to go through the tape. Um, you know, I'd, I'd not just go through the tape. I've watched some tape on and believe me, but it's it's going through it a bit deeper um, there and watching every game. Um, short center, 92.9. Short left, 88.4. So again, we consistently see the left side of the field show up and we also see the center part of the field show up. This bodes really well for what the Steelers can do. We as still fans have been very frustrated, very frustrated with Chase Claypool over the last season or so, not just immaturity stuff. And so, you know, knowing, you know, to hand the football back to the ref and not to play around with it because the clock's not going to stop. We don't want to see that stuff from George Pickens. But the positive is if he can put it together on the field, the, the bones are here. The structure is here for, for, you know, George Pickens to be a really good wide receiver. For the pittsburgh steelers a really good wide receiver um you know these grades are pretty pretty cool when you look at it you know he's making great catches he's catching you know a lot of balls needs to be catching it so when i talked about that 30 you know 70 medium in in 2021 70 he's catching there 82 short if you look at 2020 in the same vein um from from that perspective he's catching 72% medium 85% short 35% deep so he's catching catches a minimum you know a third of his deep balls now 2021 as we talked about there's five receptions there it's pretty hard but like he caught 100% of them deep and he caught 50% of them short and he caught one behind the line of scrimmage but Again, you see a guy that can catch longer balls and stretch the field. The Steelers haven't had explosive guys to stretch the field in the last – really, like, since kind of AB left. You've now got Calvin Austin. I mean, Deontay Jones is a great round runner, but the explosivity is not one that other teams have to scheme for. It came up constantly from commentators like, a you know, a Kurt Warner, Daniel Jermeyer, Bucky Brooks. All those guys kept talking about it. You now have George Pickens and we've got Calvin Austin who we're going to talk about in two weeks' time. It's really exciting for what the Steelers can do. But with that, that wraps up this week's Steelers War Room. As always, go Steelers.